What's next? LED dice and more coming up on today's episode of the Lates in Tech News. Gadget here. You're just in time for the latest episode of the world's fastest growing show on tech and gadget news. That's right, this is Lace and Tech News. My name is Taylor American. Welcome back to, well, the last episode of this week. Getting ready for the weekend. So, being that it's Friday and looking around for some good articles, and while our feature article will be about LED dice, nope, not kidding you, it's um now a thing. We'll also be taking a look at well, hearing the Mars Perseverance rover um, fire 30 laser shots at Iraq, it's actually pretty interesting because um, the Perseverance landed um, not too long ago. And so obviously everybody's keeping an eye on it. I wasn't able to cover it live during the show, otherwise I would have covered it. But I will cover this article, kind of recap a couple things of what's going on. I'll also be talking about Facebook to let content creators earn money from short form videos. We'll also be looking at microtransactions are great for game companies, less fun for the players. Well, duh. Uh, but it's kind of interesting, the angle that this article takes, so I wanted to explore that. And finally, we'll be taking a look at Google Maps finally getting a new feature to fix one of its biggest problems. So, it's got problems, and now we got the fix for it on the way, or something. I don't know. Well, we'll take a look at that as well, because why not? So if you're new to the show, make sure that you are subscribed and following, um, but only if you like the show. If you don't like the show, then don't worry about it. But I would love to hear from you either way. You can send me an email, technewsgadget at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with us uh, via our social media platforms or our website, technewsgadget.net. Let's head on over to today's feature story. All right, this article comes to us from The Verge. And uh, it says these LED dice could electrify your next D&D campaign. But it's not just that um, that they're looking at it for application-wise. Why? Well, because sometimes it's nice to get away from technology for a bit, settle down with some friends, and play an entire role-playing game using just pen, paper, and lots of dice. But if that's a little lo-fi for you, then there's always Pixels, a new set of electronic dice built uh, with built-in Bluetooth and RGB LED lighting. The dice have launched on Kickstarter with prices starting at $39. As of this writing or publishing of the article, over 14,000 people have already backed the project for a total of over 2 million pledged. Now, the main attraction here is obviously the colorful RGB lighting with which creator Systemic Games promises will be customizable and programmable via a companion app. The pixels are also waterproof, charge wirelessly via a companion charging case, and can go for around five hours on a charge or more if you're willing to live without the lighting. A range of die styles are available, including D20, D12, D10, D8, D6, and D4. And uh, there's some pictures that go along with it, so make sure that you check out the article because they have some pictures and and, uh, uh, images that go along with it. But for the author of this, the most interesting thing about the dice is how they'll apparently be able to communicate with Roll20, Foundry, and other online platforms that you let you play tabletop games over the internet. Now at the moment, a service like Roll20 relies on either virtual dice rolls or rolling a traditional dice and then reporting back to your game's master. Now in contrast, the pixels could offer the best of both worlds by letting you roll a physical die and automatically reporting the result. And yes, there's a lot of obvious jokes to be 
made about not being able to play a pen and paper RPG because your dice aren't charged, but if you like the thought of having Bluetooth-enabled dice that light up like a Christmas tree, then the Pixels are available to back on Kickstarter until April 8th. One die, including a charger, starts at $39, or you can get a set of seven and a charging case for $200. All the usual warnings about backing Kickstarter supply, but if all goes according to plan, the Pixels should ship in around 12 months. So, interesting, interesting stuff. So, it's kind of interesting how like physical tabletop games are now being brought into the virtual world and vice versa, and now we're actually being able to have virtual games physically with people all around the world. It's it's crazy. It's like the boundaries are completely flung out of the window. I, and I like this kind of stuff. It's cool. It's just like, what can we do to take the idea even further? Thanks a lot, Internet. Um, Al Gore, you, you really screwed us over on that one. Gosh, no kidding. That's kind of interesting. And I'll make sure to have a link to the article in the show notes. All right. Now, as all of you know, Perseverance landed recently on mars and everybody was all excited about that it it went very well it went according to plan um there weren't too many bumps along the way to cause it to have any serious problems um and so everybody's all very happy about that but now it's like what's on the surface of mars what does it sound like what does it look like well you might say well we've landed on mars before right yeah yeah we did um (laughs) perseverance is there for a different mission with uh newer and better tech so uh which means newer better cooler looking and sounding things so uh in case you guys are wondering yes all of the articles that i cover on today's show are in the show notes for this episode that you can find over at technewsgadget.net so be sure to stop by there after the show or uh, if you're listening in the podcast app uh, on apple Podcasts, you can very simply swipe up for more details and you can get all the links to the articles right there now on Wednesday, NASA released the first ever recording of a laser firing on Mars. Recently landed Mars Perseverance rover zapped a rock from 10 feet away. In the recording below, which is included, you can hear 30 zaps, which sound like clicks as the laser hits the rock. These sounds are exactly as you would hear them with your own ears if you were standing on the surface of Mars, says Naomi Murdoch, a rover engineer and researcher at the uh, France's entire Institute of Aeronautics and Space said at a press conference on Wednesday. Now, do you want to hear it? Because I can, I can play it for you. Here, let's hear it. There it was. <laughs> Did you miss that? <laughs> the rover's super cam instrument, which sits atop the robot's mast like a crow's nest on a ship, is equipped with the laser. Each laser strike concentrates the power of one million light bulbs onto an area the size of a pinhead. As Mashable previously reported, the laser's energy excites the target's atoms, producing the ephemeral flickers. By looking at these flashes of light, each with a unique signature, the supercam can then analyze what any given target is made out of, like organic material microbes may have once munched on. By zapping rocks with a laser from distances of some 25 feet away, NASA scientists aim to identify the most plausible, well, reasons for potential life on mars and where it could have dwelled but uh it it remains to be seen it's still an interesting exploration certain organic materials left on rocks or ground for example could provide some interesting clues um the perseverance rover will spend years exploring mars 
Jezreel Crater, a place NASA believes was once home to a river delta in the past, a type of watery environment that could have supported primitive life. At Jezero, Perseverance won't just record lasers, but also the eerie Martian wind and atmosphere. We can see things on Mars. Roger Weens, a planetary scientist at Los Alamos National Laboratory who leads the SuperCamp team, told Mashable, and we'd like to hear more things on Mars as well. So, um, all that remains to be seen, what they're actually going to find them, but it's kind of interesting because like, it's like a planet. Interestingly enough, none of the nearest planets around us, outside of Mars, can really <laughs> support having a rover land on it and then explore its surface. Um, because if you go well to Venus, it's just a gas planet and everything gets crushed. And if you go to Jupiter, well, it's just a big old gas planet and everything gets crushed. And it's like, well, good luck then. Uh, so Mars is kind of our best shot at looking at, oh, what's on it? You know, is, is it viable? Could humans live there maybe someday? Um, I don't know. All remains to be seen. All interesting stuff and all cool sci-fi stuff. All, all theories I'll leave um, to all the theorists out there and, and, and we'll see what happens. All right, moving on. All right, Facebook will be letting content creators earn money from short-form videos. And speaking of money, did you know that we're doing an Amazon gift card giveaway worth 50 bucks? Yes, indeed. Details are in the show notes and over at technewsgadget.net. So make sure you enter if you haven't already. There's a fair amount of you who have entered so far, so make sure that you enter if you have not. Um, the application closes on March 15th application giveaway something like that well the app itself closes um and the giveaway will be announced as well on march 15th of who the winner is coming to us from finance.yahoo.com facebook inc will allow content creators on this platform to earn revenue from short form videos via advertisements the social network said on thursday the announcement came in a blog where the company detailed its plans to help creators make more money as smaller tech rivals have been racing to attract famous social media personalities. Snapchat owner Snap Inc. has been paying $1 million per day to creators who make viral short videos on its feature called Snapchat Spotlight. Twitter recently announced it would launch Super Follows, which will let users charge followers for exclusive content, in case you didn't know. Facebook said creators can now earn ad revenue from videos as short as one minute down from three minutes previously oh thank goodness oh, thank you facebook <laughs> i'm sorry i just had to be said we also began testing ads that look like stickers which content creators can use in their facebook stories to earn money more creators can now qualify to earn ad revenue from live streaming videos on facebook previously an invite only program and the social media giant said it would also give away seven million in free facebook stars which users can pay to creators on facebook live as a form of tips so, yay, there you go. Now you, now you have a chance on Facebook as well. So I, I figured something like this was going to come uh, and, and a couple of things are going to improve along the way. So here's the latest coming to you from Facebook. Oh, and speaking of money, uh, don't you love microtransactions? I know it's like one of the most hated terms in uh, the video game industry by players generally. But what's weird is the game companies love it. I don't know why. It okay. Game companies for the most part have never figured out the happy medium in which it's supposed to work. Players generally don't like it, but if it's done well, 
they actually don't say anything about it. And it's true. I mean, you probably say to yourself, hey, I like it. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to complain. The problem is you forget to tell the game companies what you do like. So the game companies just go with, well, we're just kind of waiting around here to wait for you guys to complain about what you don't like. You don't actually tell us what you do like. So make sure that you give them feedback, good or bad. Um, but NPR actually digs into this a little bit by saying that Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the latest installment in Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed franchise, came out in November of 2020. Like most AC games, it was highly anticipated. It sold more copies in its opening week than any other game in the series. And needless to say, fans were excited. And yet, just over four months after its release, fans are castigating Ubisoft, oh, not not again, for including and leveraging overpriced in-game purchases more commonly called microtransactions. You've probably heard of them before, even if you're not a hardcore gamer. Take a look at your phone's app store, and almost all the games in there will have a little text box that says, In-App Purchases. Microtransactions come in all shapes and sizes. Most of the time, they're simply cosmetic, like buying a swanky set of rainbow armor for your avatar. Other times, they affect actual gameplay. A player might buy an upgrade that puts them in a better position to beat an opponent online. Um, Depending. When it comes to cosmetic in-game purchases, most players don't seem to mind. Spending money simply to change how your character looks doesn't affect gameplay itself. So why should it matter? Well, it matters to gamers like Philip Erickson, one of those flabbergasted Assassin's Creed fans who recently went viral on Reddit for posting about his frustration with the new AC game. There are now nine armor sets in a microtransaction store, just as many in the entire base game, Erickson said in his post. Are we just going to let this slide? Visuals are important to players when they buy a game. Okay, and he's not the only one. You see, Angry Joe from the Angry Joe show on YouTube, he complains a lot about microtransactions, especially cosmetic ones, especially when the cosmetic ones are way too expensive. See, visuals are important to players when they buy a game. They expect an escape, a journey into some unknown world filled with action and adventure, and the scenic terrains aren't the only visuals that matter. The cosmetic part for me is something that's pretty important, Erickson said. I like customizing my character. The customization was a bit lacking in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which made it a bit sour when there was so much available in the microtransaction store. Erickson's concerns also come down to the price tag. Do players really want to pay more money, in this case around $20, for a set of armor for in-game content when they've already spent 60 bucks on a game itself? Generally in the past, Assassin's Creed games, they drop a couple of expansions too, says Erickson. Last big season cost around 20 bucks. It included a new map, countless quests, and it cost around the same price as just one of the new armor sets. To go by the replies on Erickson's original Reddit post, a lot of AC fans feel similarly about Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, huh, and Ubisoft, specifically in this case, microtransactions in the new game. One reply stuck out in particular. This is why I wait a year or so until it's dirt cheap on Steam, wrote No Help Help Desk. I'll pay what I feel is an honest price if they're going to nickel and dime me at every turn. Players just want a chance to customize the main character, Evior, without feeling like they have to empty their wads to do so. In Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we are continuing to work hard to create the best possible experience for players, Ubisoft said in a statement. That includes offering a wide away, wide away, haha, <laughs> of both free and paid content, which is regularly updated with the goal of enabling players to make Evior's story their own through personalization. Um, and then it goes on to, I guess, talk to uh, a marketing professor at the University of California who researches microtransactions, uh, who says that uh, it can take away a video game's magic. And we're like, well, duh. Um, 
they say games in general, not just video games, have their own set of norms and rules that you're supposed to follow. It's not against the law to steal money from the bank and Monopoly, but clearly you're violating the spirit of the game. The implicit assumption is that by playing the game and building up your character, you're supposed to get better. Microtransactions basically make the game easier. They violate those rules and norms that are part of the game. So it gets into uh, a whole bunch of other things, but it's uh, it's an interesting discussion to have. How do you feel about it? I'd love to hear your feedback on this or or your conversation starter piece, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, head on over to technewsgadget.net, leave a comment, or let us know on social media, or swing by our Discord server. And there you can chat it up. I don't know. It's a it, it's interesting. I mean, I understand it. Here's the thing. Here's my personal thing. If the video game is good, I don't mind paying for a microtransaction here and there. For that, it comes down to price. If the price, especially if I'm paying $60 or $80 or $120 for the game, the more money I pay, the less I feel I should have to pay, therefore, in microtransactions, and really, in general, the less I feel the microtransactions should cost anyway. If the game's for free, that's an entirely different dynamic. You see, if you make it good enough, I actually don't mind paying, like, a little bit more. Like, I swear, I think I paid, like, $10? $10? Yeah, I think I paid a straight $10 for um, the Star-Lord outfit on Fortnite. Why? Because it was cool, I liked it, and it came with the dance, which I think is the best one in the game. Uh, both outfit and dance for Fortnite. And I was happy to pay it. It's weird. You see, it's weird. Fortnite is a free-to-play game, and the outfits only cost 10 bucks. I mean, really, what else are you doing? It's... Hello? But I understand the video game companies are trying to maybe recoup some of their costs that they would normally get on launch from the game itself at full price or higher. But the companies should really start thinking about long-term, longer-term development cues, longer-term um, keeping players engaged, uh, longer-term at pr- cheaper prices. You might actually, here's the funny thing, might actually make more at a lower price than you would at a higher price. So why don't you guys in the game company just start bumping prices down? Why don't you do more research, run a couple of studies? I'm sure there'd be players who'd ha- be happy to give you the feedback. And if you are a player, do be vocal about your feedback, good, bad, or otherwise, because this is kind of the only thing that the video game companies run off of. And a lot of time they hear people say, I don't like microtransactions. Tell them the price point that you would be happy with. Tell them why you'd be happy with it and justify your reason for it because then it'll give them better feedback to work from. And soon we could finally probably take care of this whole stupid microtransaction thing in the first place and bump it down to a reasonable price that we don't really have to complain about anymore. And that's something I'm looking forward to, a nice reasonable price for microtransactions because it's here. It's going to stay around for a while until something better comes along and then everybody will jump on that bandwagon. So those are just my thoughts. I'd love to hear yours. Let me know at technewsgadget.net. All right, and finally today, we got an article to you guys coming from autoevolution.com, and it's about Google Maps. And Google Maps finally getting a new feature to fix one of its biggest problems. And it's funny because we've complained about this enough on Google Maps, and Google Maps finally just woke up, stupid big company that it is, and went, oh, maybe we should do this. 
Google Maps may be the world's leading navigation app it begins, but this doesn't necessarily mean everything is always exactly as anticipated. Not a long time ago, they reported on the story of two young Russians who ended up in the middle of nowhere on an abandoned road after using Google Maps for navigation. The driver eventually froze to death in brutal, cold winter weather, and while the passenger ended up in a hospital, hospital with severe injuries. Recently, a Seattle couple traveling to a rental cabin in Glenwood spent two days stuck in the snow after the navigation app sent them on an alternate road that was covered in snow. They eventually lost cellular coverage and were not able to alert the emergency services. None of these would have happened if the navigation app knew the roads were closed, and now Google turns to crowdsourcing for the whole thing. Kind of reminds me of something called Waze. Dot, dot, dot. The search giant itself knows Google Maps needs to be more accurate and up-to-date with every road's current status. That's why the company has released a new tool that allows users to report road changes right from the desktop. And hopefully they switch over to mobile as well, because that's mainly where people are inputting information. The new road editing tool makes it possible to add missing road names, renames the ones that are already on the map, change their directions, delete incorrect roads, and even realign them. Google also allows users to report closed roads, the company asking for additional information, such as the reason you can no longer use them, when the roads exactly are closed, and the directions that are not available. Needless to say, Google will then check all edits to make sure they are accurate, so in theory, Google Maps should end up becoming a lot more precise and current, kind of using a crowdfunding feature that Wikipedia does. The new road editing tool is projected to go live in the coming months in more than 80 countries around the world. Google explains that all regions where users were already able to report road updates through Google Maps will get this new editing tool, and additional info on the ETA will be shared at a later date. So, yay, there you have it, finally. I mean, hopefully they take this feedback and they don't take too long in, like, verifying it and making sure it's good, double-checking, cross-checking, whatever else they need to do, and then making it live. Because um, it's kind of frustrating when you're trying to find a place and you're like, the road's been open for months now and then Google's still not updating. So there you have it. All the latest news. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the latest in tech news. Thanks for tuning in. The latest in tech news can be found on every major platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by leaving a review and sharing this episode with a friend. Also, double-check that you're subscribed and following so that you don't miss the next episode. And I'll give you a hint, it's all free. I'm your host, Taylor American. Remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keeping awesome, guys, and I'll see you on the flip side. Oh.